Everything is your responsibility. Everything is your fault. Take ownership and everything in your life will change. When you point the blame at somebody or at something else, what you're doing is putting control and power into that thing or that person instead of in yourself. You're literally taking the power and control from you and giving it to somebody else and basically saying, I can't control my success. I can't control my life. I can't control my happiness. This thing does. Fuck that. You're in control of everything. What's going on, friends? I hope you are well. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Dieting from the Inside Out. If you're new here, welcome to the show. My name is Jared Hamilton, and I'm your host. Let me first apologize for my congested sounding self. Uh, I've been a little bit under the weather. I am fighting a ear infection over here. Um, so things feel weird. And then I'm also fighting like got some upper respiratory stuff going on. So um, if I sound a little bit off, I apologize. But nonetheless, I didn't want to wait another like I think the doctor said this antibiotic treatment I'm on is going to be like 10 days. So I didn't want to wait 10 days before getting you more content. So um, we are here nonetheless. I've got a really cool episode ready for you today. I am bringing back uh, Cody McBroom onto the show. So it has been probably three years since I've had Cody on the show, and he is definitely a fan favorite. And we got into so many things on this episode. We talked about I literally like everything all over the place. And it was so, this is my thing I love about Cody so much is I didn't really have to prepare for him. I didn't have to like, uh, like have crazy amounts of notes or anything like that. We just had an organic conversation. Um, we talked about parenting. We talked about ownership. We talked about, um, how to manage everything going on with your, when in the world of chaos and uncertainty with your mindset and your headspace and your perspective and your ability to reframe and how to make the most out of a really unprecedented situation and how to, uh, still get results regardless of the chaos around you. Like we talked about so many different things and there were so many nuggets. And if you're someone who really likes the mindset stuff and you're someone who really likes this like deeper level conversation, you will love this episode. So it was a joy to talk with Cody. He's someone that I look up to uh, a lot. And yeah, so I know you're going to get a lot out of this episode. Now, before we get into that, I did want to have a big thank you to the sponsors of the show. Sponsor number one, Flex Pro Meals. Um, you guys know I love my Flex Pros. I have an empty container right here in front of me on my desk uh, where I just had one a few minutes ago. Um, it's just one of those things, guys, where uh, it if what you're doing is not convenient and it's, it's, it's just not going to happen for most people. The reality is most of us have uh, tight schedules, un, unpredict, unpredictable schedules. Half of you have kids where then you got all the sorts of bullshit with that, where um, you just need to have a lot of times something that is ready to go for you. This is why we talk about a lot where you always want to have foods that are easy grab and goes that are in line for your goals. Well, flex pro just makes this a lot easier with these pre-made meals that ship straight to your home that are cheaper than a drive through um, that are made by a chef that are dialed in for your numbers. And it's just a no brainer. Um, and if you're into saving money, you should use my code Hamilton trained. Uh, you can either go to the link below or go to flexpromeals.com. And like I said, code Hamilton trained, and it will save you an additional 20% at checkout. Um, been a game changer for me. I always love having them in my fridge. Uh, then sponsor number two, which is first form. I actually just got a first form shipment yesterday. Um, you guys know supplements are not the end all be all. Uh, I don't think a program should be like based solely around supplements, but that doesn't mean that supplements don't have their time in their place because supplements are exactly what they're called. They are to supplement areas that you are missing and not getting, uh, getting food there. So for example, if you are not getting enough protein in with food, that's where you use a supplement. If you don't get enough omegas in your diet and you have inflammation issues, think you're taking like a fish oil. This is where if you are struggling with recovery and, and you could use something like creatine, it's whatever those, those kind of things. Those are the kind of gaps we're talking about. If you aren't getting your 
all the recommended servings of fruits and vegetables. This is where we're talking about like a greens powder or a multivitamin, things like that. This is, this is the, what the role of supplements are. But my biggest thing is I don't want you just hopping on Amazon, finding what tastes the okayest. That's the cheapest because usually you're not going to get something that's worth the money or that's of the quality. I want to make sure your money is going to the right places and getting you the best, best products that you can get, which is why we work with first form. And you will be shocked if you start ordering from them, just how amazing their products are. Now, if you aren't quite sure where to get started with supplements, I'll leave uh, my YouTube video on supplements below. Um, but if you also want to go see what first form has to offer and all that stuff, definitely use the link below and, uh, I'll leave that there for you. But otherwise that is it from the sponsor section. Now let's get into today's episode with Cody. I know you're going to get a lot out of this. Be sure to subscribe to the show if you are not already, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, bro. So what are we, uh, what are we getting into today? I want to actually, what's funny is I think it's, it's so, I was wanting to talk to you about this in general, and I think it's so relevant and I think it'll resonate a lot with my audience is, is how you balance everything so well, but your goals don't subside at all. Cause I think with talking to the average person, it's like when you've got kids, mom, life, school, work, overtime, the whole nine yards, it's like so many people have issues with that. But I think the, the, the time period you, you just went through on top of like your normal bullshit, like you have normal day in the life of Cody, you have like your daughter, your wife, your business, your team, uh, media content, travel, like not all that bullshit in general, if that wasn't hard enough, but then on top of it, moving to the new location, getting all that bullshit, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just think it would, it's, it's so relevant, especially the time that what you just went through on how people like can keep their shit together when life is just like jab, jab, right hook, uppercut, just like putting through the ringer. So love it, dude. Yeah. I think that's perfect. I think it's very relevant, not only to me, but I mean, everybody, everybody's always, there's always something, you know? So I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah. Well, like, let's get into it. Like I, I always start my, 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 my shows are always recording out the gate so we don't miss any, mm. anything. And we just, he'll cut it up all later. Smart. So, um, so I, I've had, I've lost so much good content in like pre-recorded con- like, like, uh, off camera conversations. And I just start it recording. And like, if it's junk in the beginning, we'll get rid of it. But there's so much gold in the beginning of most conversations. So, um, and then you have to bring it up later in the podcast and you go, <laughs> like we were saying before we started recording or like yeah. before air, when we were saying I do that shit all the time. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's the worst. So I, anymore, I just always start recording just because, and I think it's most raw and authentic and real and mm-hmm. stuff. So, but yeah, so like, so get like, go ahead and give everyone like a, like a little taste of like all the bullshit that's been going on with you. Yeah. You know what? Like, I think it's, it's the thing that I try to think of too is, is although we use the word bullshit because it's things, it's stress, it's, but like understanding that it's, it's uh intentional bullshit that I choose to put myself through. And I, that's like, so, so important because when people are, otherwise it's just excuses, right? If I'm saying like, man, I had to, we, we had to move the location. We had to move everything from one gym to the next. And then I had to create new systems. I had to design a new podcast studio because all of our old stuff wasn't going to work in the new space because we had to actually have a separate space for it. Um, I was transitioning some of my roles within the business so that I could help build the business instead of being so much in the business. And that meant delegating more. It meant um, essentially kind of giving new roles to new people and creating new systems. My daughter is in preschool and she's going through the whole preschool thing. Like mm. <laughs> I have, dude, I'm in three weddings. Holy I'm shit. In, Not yeah. just attending, but like you're in them. Dude, I'm in Bro. three. So 
and then I'm attending a fourth, which happens to be in Mexico. And it's like, holy shit. And this is uh, through the summer and fall. So it'll, it'll be basically like starting in uh, May. And then it goes like May, July, no, May, August, September, and then uh, October, I think. And then on top of that, like we had, we had a bunch of family stuff going on because of all of our birthdays are in summer. So like <laughs> we had to cancel one of those trips. So we have all this stuff going on. Right. Oh, and, uh, and I'm, like you said, you know, I'm running a business. I'm, I'm trying to focus on my health as well. I have a daughter, a wife that I got to care for. Um, now those are all great opportunities. I've worked my ass off and built this company, done all these things, but now I get the opportunity to move my location, to create a new studio, to, um, I'm honored to be in the weddings. One of which I'm the, uh, I need to go get certified still. I'm like the ordained guy. I'm the guy that's oh, ordained. Oh, the officiant. Guy. I'm the officiant. Wow, let's go. Yeah. I'm excited. Like it's it, like I get these opportunities, you know? And yeah. so it is bullshit in the sense that it's a lot. But I think a big piece of it all is, is, is trying to reframe it in the beginning, you know, and looking at it from a different perspective. And it's like, as soon as that stress builds up, even if it's like, I mean, shit, the, to be completely real, the financial side of moving at first on paper, you're like, okay, I can, I can do this. It, you know, it's going to be a good check, but like, we'll do this is fine. And then an expense comes up and then something you didn't realize comes up. And then we get here and I, I'm like, holy shit, I'm 30 rubber mats short for the gym. I thought I would have, that's no that. small expense either. Oh dude, those are 45 bucks a pop. So I had to go right. spend another $3,000 on <laughs> fucking gym mats. So yeah. like it just starts stacking up, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so, but again, I mean, it, all of it is is part of a, a a big dream come true. All of it is great opportunities, and so I think the the reality of stress is funny, man. Stress is dangerous. It's deadly. It's it can make you sick. It can make your immune system crash. It can make your your muscle atrophy. You can't perform. You're not happy. All these things. But what they also know, and this is actually backed by research about stress, is that I call it a stress capacity. But essentially, st the the most dangerous like. Uh, symptoms, negative symptoms from stress are actually based on somebody's perspective and perception of the stress, meaning that two people can actually be impacted with the same exact stress. But if one person is just like, you know what, it is what it is, or like, I am really good at handling stress and they can talk themselves into handling stress, they will literally have less negative symptoms from an immune function, from a hormonal function, all these kind of things. Whereas the worry were who gets really easily anxious is going to suffer. So the point is, is that as cheesy as it sounds to like woo saw, like you really do have to do that. You kind of got to step yeah. back and go, okay, like I'm choosing to put myself in this fire and I'm going to try to embrace and enjoy the parts of it. And don't get me wrong. It's easier said than done, sure. but it's about being able to stop, take a step back and go, okay, I need to sit for a second and go, okay, this is all by choice, by design. This is good things. This is really cool. This is exciting opportunities. Excitement can be the same thing as anxiety because a lot of times we mistakenly think that excitement is anxiety. We get anxious and really we're just excited. And that's the other thing too, is like, okay, what are you anxious and stressed about? And if it's a bunch of stuff that you set in motion or that you choose to do, or that you, you know, you have to do in order to get to the place you want to be, it's like, is that really negative? You know? So it's been a lot and, and it is a juggle sometimes. And, you know, uh, there's plenty of days where I didn't get enough sleep. I didn't, you know, there, things don't go the way I want them to go. But, um, man, I think the, the, the power of perspective is so huge. And so I just try to keep reframing my brain and slow down in those moments and go, you know what, like, this is, 
this is pretty fucking cool. And, and I, I gotta be happy with that. And, and it's a challenge, you know, like even, even the, the fitness side of it or, or staying in shape and trying to, to still have balance with my family and make sure that I don't bring any of the stress home or anything like that. It's a game, you know, like to me, and I've, I've failed the game plenty of times and it's in, you know, the truthfully, the first people that get the negative side of it, if I'm in like an overwhelmed state, it's my family, it's my girls. I'm like, cause I come home with it and they don't deserve that. They didn't do any of that. You know, like in a lot of times my wife is more than willing to help, but she can't, there's nothing you can do in this situation besides be there. But it's my job as, as the man of the house to like come home and chill the fuck out. And, you know, my daughter could care less about what happened at work <laughs> or what stress I'm going through. So it's, uh, that's been an interesting game that I've been a lot better at as of late because I've been trying to kind of slow down before I get home, you know, on the way home, like actually like talking to myself about like, how am I going to like ramp her excitement up as soon as I get home? How am I going to shift the energy in the house? How do I shift myself so that I can feel that way? And I've talked about this on my podcast and I haven't done it a little bit because you can't do the same thing over and over again. But I, w- I started, the first thing that really clicked with me is I, I came home and just immediately, I had a Bluetooth speaker with me and I just brought it in playing a song that my daughter can't not dance to. Oh, wow. Which is funny. It, I'm going to say the song and people are going to crack up, but it's um, Clint Eastwood by Gorillaz. Really? You know song? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. Bro, I she love loves it. that. Song. And it's, there's this like, uh, there's this Trolls Disney like short film thing and all the zombies in it play that song and they like do this like weird like head bop and it's like, I'm happy. And then they just, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just come in the house doing like this, like Frankenstein, like bop and I'm playing it and she just loses her shit. That's incredible. But like, I'm in a bad mood. So it was easy for me to act like a zombie because I'm like yeah. stressed. And I, I was like, I got to do this. But instantly you, your, your mindset yeah. shifts, you're positive, you're laughing now. And then my wife's laughing and it was like, okay, this is, you got to do some goofy shit on the fly to like spark that positivity. Um, and that, that helped me a lot. But point being is I think everything I've learned in this, this crazy, probably like honestly, like four month period of time of all this stuff going on is it's the perspective, man. It's just shifting your mindset constantly and reminding yourself why you're doing it all and what you're doing and what you're after. And that if you treat it like a game, you're always just trying to win. And when you win, it feels real fucking good and you get competitive with yourself and you can just keep on pushing, you know? That's incredible, dude. I, I actually had in my notes, I wanted to bring that up because you made a post about, uh, about that, that family ch- shift you made. It was the, it was a beautiful Instagram post that, Thank you. that, um, that when you, you, it was like, it was the, uh, I, I read the whole, the whole copy on it and, and it was like the, this delicate balance of like extreme ownership of like, yo, I have not been doing my role to it's the, the, the level it should be, uh, but here's what I'm doing now. And here's how it's changing. I, I think that was incredible, dude. That was, that was such a, uh, such a cool thing to watch. And I could, I couldn't even imagine the, the difference that makes at home. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. It, th- thank you, man. It's crazy too. Cause like in, and not to shoot my own horn, but I knew that was a good post because if you post <laughs> a pic, if you post a picture and it gets a lot of engagement, you're like, okay, like yeah. I really wrote something right there. Now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So like, it was, and you know what that was too, is it's just like, it, it's funny, man. Cause I remember thinking about that and going, this is the exact same thing of what made me originally get in shape. Like when I first found fitness, I would, dude, I didn't lift weights in high school, nothing. I, I never, I was, I was, I mean, I played soccer, but I wasn't super athletic. I, I like after high school, I, I knew I had weight to lose. I knew I wanted to get stronger. I wanted more confidence. And I just kind of like 
looked in the mirror and called myself out on my shit and was like, okay, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? I wasn't shaming myself, but I was just like, dude, get your shit together. It was ownership. It was ownership. It was extreme ownership to the T. And I did that with them too. Is because like, you know, a good example is I remember multiple times my wife saying like, you need to be present. And I'm like, I am, I'm here. And she's like, just because you're here doesn't mean you're present. And I would say, whatever. Like, you yeah. don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, I'm here. <laughs> you don't know what I'm thinking about. Yeah. You're thinking about other, no, I'm not. I'm thinking about you guys, like, which was bullshit. I just didn't want her to be right. And so like, <laughs> when I called myself out, I was like, okay, like, if that's the case, what would I do if I was like a fully present father? And I, and I started shifting a little bit, you know, I was like, okay, I would get more shit done before I got home. I would, I would shift my perspective before I walked in the door to just change my attitude. I would put my phone away. I would, you know, I would be more attentive to play with her when I'm exhausted, tired from the gym, working all day. She's waiting for me. Like I need to be able to like, just squeeze out that last little bit of that second wind to, to give it to her and crawl around and play. And once I started doing that, I could literally see them completely change towards me, towards themselves. Every day they would have a better day and then the night would finish better. I was getting more love from my daughter. I was, she needed me more. And it was like, it really came to life when I went to Austin for our team retreat. I flew out there and it was the first time my daughter ever like cried because I was leaving. Like she was crying. Wow. She was like, didn't want to go to sleep. I had to like lay in there with her. She's like, I don't want you to leave. You promise you're coming back. And I was like, just taken so back. Sweet. Dude, it was it was unbelievable. Cause normally I'm like, oh, daddy's leaving on a work trip. And she just goes, like, they have a gym there? Like, cause she knows I do fitness stuff. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, there's probably a gym there, you know? Like, I'll work out. And she's fine. She's like, oh, I can't wait for you to get back. Like, no big deal. That's cool, man. And so it was, it was cool, man. And it, and it really hit me hard and it made it harder to leave. And then I just felt that. And I was like, okay. And I had to admit to my wife too, which is the hardest thing. And I looked at her, I was like, you're right. <laughs> like, I wasn't present, you know? And I think it's extreme ownership, man. It makes everything better. That's huge. You know, I think, I think that's a, when people are juggling like their struggles with their stuff, with the life stress and things going on, I feel like the last thing, the, the, the one of the biggest things people miss is ownership. Like it's easy to look at all the reasons to not make shit happen. Or it's like, well, this is going on, this is going on. And they talk about all the things that's outside of their control, but you have like two things. You can always stop when you're full. You can always get in part of a workout, then a whole workout. You can always do your inner work. You can always have a choose to have a good attitude, even though you don't want to. But I think so many people don't have that and they're missing just the ownership piece would just fix everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know what, man, like the thing that has helped me the most with that, because it's not easy, you know, it's not easy to look in the mirror and have that ownership. Um, it, I just always gamified it, man. Like for whatever reason that just helped me is like, okay, like how do I get my daughter to gut wrench laugh? Like can't stop. Let me, okay. you know, let me figure this out, you know? Yeah. And then, and this is like, you know, for, for the guys, listen, this is important for the, I mean, it's important for everybody, but like, I even think about it with my wife. I'm like, okay, we've been married for a while. We have a kid. We live together. We're like, we're adulting. We've been adulting. How do I get her to like really desire me? Like she used to, you yeah, know, like dude. how do I get that first date look again? You know? And sometimes you do funny shit and it, and it's like a joke and it doesn't work. And sometimes, but like they see you trying and it's intentional. And then I think, you know, it's a game. It's like, how do I get, how do I win the chick again? You know? And I apply it to food. I was talking to a client about this. Um, and it was with, uh, cause I went to Disneyland not too long ago with my daughter for her birthday and, and my wife, obviously. And, uh, it was the same thing. It was like, you know, like I, I don't, I'm not a huge like sweets guy, but there was like churros and my daughter's never had a churro. She wanted to try a churro. And, uh, she could care less if I had any, and I didn't like, 
I remember being like, oh, I'm going to get one. And then I thought about it. I'm like, I don't even really like churros. Right. And then it was like, fuck that churro. I'm going to win that battle. And then I just didn't have it. And then like my daughter had like, and this is like the, the hardest part as like a business owner and stuff. She'll eat like one bite of a $20 churro and be like, it's okay. And want to throw it away. And you're like, yeah. Oh, you're like, you, you motherfucker. Just, <laughs> you just threw a $20 bill away. But yeah. like, I just, but like I gamify that. So even like with, you know, overeat, like when I'm being flexible and I'm, I'm going to eat something, we all know, like we can fit processed foods in and, and we'll, you know, hit your macros, all that shit. But it's not always easy to actually fit the little bit in, you know, mm. especially if you're yeah. on a cut or something like that and you sure. don't have a ton of calories to play with, but it's like, okay, I can fit a little bit in. And then when you have that urge to say, fucking just eat the rest, gamify it, go to your head and go, are you going to let those Oreos or those chips of whole sure. or the cereal or the chips or whatever? Are you going to let that win? Are you stronger yeah. than that? When I just think that start beer, over Monday win. Yeah, that's huge. Dude. Exactly. You know, and then as, as like, hardcore as crazy as that sounds like in your mind you win the battle and you get a little bit of a dopamine kick because i fucking won and then next time you're like i'm not gonna lose this time you know and you can just do better every time so for me man i i just always always gamify it same thing with the stress load it's like am i gonna let the stress conquer me no and sometimes it does and then i snap back because i'm like no 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 i'm gonna win the game by the end of the day um so that gamified thing has just been worked wonders for me personally that's huge I want to go back to something you just said <clears throat> when you said, uh, when it does, when, when, let's say you do take an L when you do, like when the stress does overtake you or you make a bad decision or whatever, you said, I don't get it back by the end of the day. I think so many people, they, they, what I call stay down too long. It's like the whole concept of it doesn't like one thing I, we talk about a lot is it's not a matter of getting knocked down. It's how long it takes you. Like it's how long you stay down. Right. Mm. Where too many people I think will, they'll have a, a rough weekend or a rough, whatever, and like life kicks them in the dick and they're, they just, they, they lose it. But like, we're all one moment away from being from being right back in the swing of things. But I think it's crazy. It'll take someone, let's say all weekend to get back on track or all like, it'll be uh, like right now there's a, I just dropped like in, in, in my community, the most badass free program I've ever made ever. It's completely free. It's just a value thing. It's, it's a full three month long thing. And like people are crushing it. I'm still having people that are like, well, I'm going to wait. This was like last week. They're like, I'm going to wait till April 1st to start. And I'm like, did you not listen to like a fucking thing I said? Like, yeah. it's like the most chill, sustainable, like one step at a time kind of in entry level thing. But there are still people who are, are saying, well, I'm going to wait to start over April. I'm like, bro, you can go on your walk today. You can start journaling your food today. You can start everything today. But to, but you, but like you said, when you get knocked off, the part of your brain goes, well, I'm going to get back on right now. By the end of the day, I'm going to have this back. I think that's such an important part to note. Well, the, the you know, the problem with those people is typically they'll go like, well, what's the, I mean, okay, I start, we're recording this March 31st. Okay. I start today. Big deal. What's one day of going to do in the gym? Nothing. But if you start today, mentally, it's going to do a lot. It's a standard. Because next time when you need to start quicker, start sooner, yeah. you have, like you just said, that higher standard and you will jump back on quicker. And that's going to apply to so many things in life. I mean, and I have, I have like, I always try to, I'm a huge, like, uh, I reflect a lot just so like, I'm always like picking apart stories and situations in my life and I'm writing them down and stuff. So I can think of a very specific scenario. Last summer, we go to, um, the ocean out here called ocean shores. It's like just some little shithole town on, on the water. It's really cool. Like <laughs> Middle of nowhere. I really like hope little, someone from Ocean Shore is listening. They're like, what that motherfucker said? They're like, fuck <laughs> you, man. Um, 
<laughs> no, it's it's funny. Like you got to go through Aberdeen on the way, which is where uh, Kurt Cobain is uh, from, Nirvana, Foo Fighter guy, yeah, like yeah. all that. And uh, again, it's it's a huge shithole. I mean, not that Nirvana would not give that away, but um, that's on the way. <laughs> Then you get to Ocean Shores and it's like a cool little quaint town, like some fishers live there and shit, but like, it's just, it's, it's fun. So we go there every year. And uh, last year we went in, we went in June, like late June, Father's Day weekend. It's supposed to be nice. I will go to the water, rain the whole time. It's like, oh wow, stuck in this little cottage. My daughter's just miserable. She just wants to go play in the sand and we can't cause it's raining. So this whole day, like we couldn't go to lunch at a reservations cause she was throwing a fit. Like the arcade thing didn't work. Like it was just all this crap. Right. And so my wife's like, let's just go. Let's just go home. My daughter's pissed. And I, and I literally, I remember doing this. And this is a great example of just deciding to shift. I literally just flipped a UE, went into this random parking lot to this little grocery mart. And she's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'll be back. And I just stormed out of the car. Came <laughs> back with fucking sandwich buns, lettuce, uh, deli meat, a rack of like Mexican beer with chips and guac for me and my wife. We're going to make sandwiches for, for our, like, I just had everything there. And I got this like weird little, like, um, uh, what are the, you know, those like paddle with the string and the ball. Um, yeah, yeah. Like a paddle ball. Yeah. Little, yes. paddle ball. little like games that are like yeah, two yeah. bucks in there for, for my daughter. So, and I just pull back in the car with all these bags. She's like, what are we doing? I was like, <laughs> we're going home. We're going to have a picnic inside and everybody's going to chill out and have fun. Nobody's saying a word. We're listening to music till we get there. And I just turn up the music drove for like probably five, 10 minutes to get to our little cottage. I just started making stuff, popped open a couple of Coronas. We drank like, and it, it just, everything awesome. shifted. Yeah. And like, I remember seeing the look in my wife's eyes and it was like, it was just different. It was different of how she like saw me and respected me. And I remember that moment because that was the first time I like did something like that in the family setting, but it's a perfect example of this. And I, and I remember that and I try to apply that in everything now. Cause it's like, you don't have to wait. I could have said, yeah, fuck this. Let's go home. Like, this is a waste of money. Let's drive three hours home and then let's be miserable or let's all ignore each other in the cottage. Like that we like, no, we're shifting. We're enjoying this. And I didn't give anybody an option. And you shouldn't give yourself an option if you need to shift gears and do what needs to be done in that moment. Because, you know, like if I had something shitty go on this morning, am I going to let that bleed into this podcast? Or do I walk into this room and I snap out of it? Cause I'm like, now I'm having a conversation with Jared because you didn't do anything to me. I didn't do anything to you. Nothing affected this situation. Something shitty happened before this, which it didn't. But if it did, <laughs> I'm not going to let that impact the next thing or the next interaction that I have with somebody. And, and again, it, that's for yourself too. Like why let things linger into your goals, into your actions, into your attitude, your environment, your energy, or anything like that when it just, it just doesn't have to. And if, if it does, you're choosing to let it plain and simple. That's so good. That's so good. I mean, that's like, goes back to the old saying of like, we didn't have a bad moment. We had a bad, or we, we had a bad moment. There's no reason to let the bad moment bleed into the, a bad day or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the, I, I love the, the story around, around that with your family. Cause like that just shows how, how powerful, um, intention and deliberate action in the now makes, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, cause if you would have thought if like said, ah, oh, should I do this? I, I can't, you would, you would have talked yourself out of it. Right. But as soon as you had the, this part of you, that's like, here's what I know I should do. You turned on daddy energy and you just mm -hmm. made the fucking decision. That's yeah. so good, man. Dude. And, and I have to say this too, just to like provide context. My wife is a very strong personality. She's a strong woman. When I met her, she's very independent. So she was a hustler. Our dude, like our first house was in her name. She was the breadwinner. <laughs> like she, she is a boss. Same. And she was like, we are, I'm not being a stay at home mom. 
no. And then she saw really? our daughter come out and she was like, okay, I'm down. And I'm like, all right. Never Because cool. I told her, I was like, you're never going to go back to work. I'm going to make this happen. She was like, okay, like, That's I great. believe you, but I'm going back. That's but awesome. point being is it's not easy to shift when you have a strong personality as wife. Cause, cause in her and I are both stubborn people. So like to her, she's like, no, this is done. Like it's ruined. We're not doing anything. And so it's the, what is that saying? Uh, don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness kind of thing. Yeah. I didn't have to ask for forgiveness, but it's the same sure. thing. It's like, I'm don't ask for permission. Just do the work and do take action. If it, if it doesn't work out, what's the worst that can happen? You know, it was what already shitty to happen? begin with. Right. Like <laughs> bingo, bingo. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it's the same thing with people waiting until April 1st or Monday or whatever. It's like, what's the worst that could happen if you started right now? Like, okay, do 20% instead of hundred percent today, be a hundred percent tomorrow if you really want to, but like, come on. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Well, when it comes to like the, the physically fitnessy weight lossy stuff, cause you, you're right. People go instantly. Well, like it one day won't make a difference or this weekend won't make a difference, but I fully believe in this concept that I've been calling uh, mental momentum. Because most, I mean, we all know, like even on Monday, it's going to like, it's going to take a minute before physical, the physical results catch up, right? People are like, I've been eating in a calorie deficit for three weeks. I'm like, why I have my, why aren't I shredded? Cause I'm like, it's been three fucking weeks. You know, it's like anything. It's like start posting on Instagram on Monday, wondering why your business isn't growing by, mm-hmm. by, by Thursday. Right. So <laughs> it, it's like that time's going to pass regardless. Number one, it's just less, it's one day less you, you have to wait. But I, I think mental momentum is so underrated, especially in this realm, because yeah, it may be, let's say 25, per, let's say you may be someone super tired and their workout's going to be at 25%, or let's say their eating is uh, all over the place and they're just going to make a few better decisions and their calories are going to be a little bit less. So like the physical result may not be as much like logically, that's where people try to out logic it, but you, you can't get on the other side of mental momentum because we can't have physical momentum and physical goal, or I'm sorry, physical results until we have mental momentum. And I think people forget that thing that we have to get this mental momentum, even in the absence of physical results. Yeah. I love that, dude. I I love that, uh, mental momentum. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that one thing that I always try to tell people with that, with regards to that is that when you do these little things, you're developing traits that apply to the mindset and those traits apply to the physical. So when somebody says like, what is one day, what is it like one weekend off? What is all this? What is that going to really do for my physical results? Maybe nothing. But if you say no and you do it by choice, that develops willpower, self-control um, and commitment. You know, if you choose to wake up early and take a cold shower and then go on a run or whatever, or write in your journal or meditate, anything, you're developing self-respect, self-awareness, self-appreciation, self-value, which means you're going to treat yourself better. Then you start to develop these two parallel things, right? This, this side of valuing and respecting your body for what it is. And then you're developing these mindset traits, which they're traits because they're skills. They're not born with them. Like I wasn't born with discipline. I developed discipline. That's the whole thing. Like people always talk about um, this with entrepreneurship too. And they're like, are they built or are they born? And although some people will say there's something in your DNA, and I actually think they're even doing some research on this kind of thing. Um, I was, I partially listened to a podcast of Huberman's with some scientists. Yeah. And they were talking about how they're starting to try to extract that, which is wild, but crazy. I think Huberman's a crazy motherfucker. I love it. He's wild. (laughs) I still believe it's built only from the standpoint of like, I think of like, okay, so, so no, if somebody looked at me like you were born to do this and I would agree, but nobody in my family's ever been an entrepreneur ever. Mm. And, and so I'm like, okay, well, what made me that way? And I think back of like my childhood, I was like, 
I was the the king of trading Pokemon cards and shit. Like I was uh. hustling those things, you know? And then I remember when Craigslist was not like a sketchy thing for a 13 year old to use. I was like <laughs> finding shit in my garage yeah. that my parents and brother didn't need. And I was selling it on Craigslist and meeting yeah. people in the Albertsons parking lot, you know, on my way home from school. <laughs> yeah. I, I did things like that. And I had these entrepreneurial pursuits um, that allowed me to develop that. And it was because I had a desire to honestly have cool shit. I had a desire to like, I, I remember going to skate park and not having the dope skate shoes or skateboard. And I was like, I want to get new board, new bearings. New, like I got to hustle to get it. And so it's bred over time. And that's the same thing with any type of trait that develops a person, right? So the traits that develop somebody who is going to be, uh, who, who's going to have a great physique or really strong or be, um, I know you do uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So like being great at BJJ, anything like that, it's discipline. It's, it's, uh, self-control. It is self-respect. It is these, these willpower, these grit, like this grind. Cause there's going to be days where you don't feel like going and rolling on the mat. And there's going to be days where you go up to a competitor that you just know you're going to get your ass whooped. And it's like, okay, well <laughs> I got to yep. do this. And it's, it's being able to do it, even though you don't want to, or you're scared or anything like that. Those are the things that carry over and they do transform your physique long-term because there's going to be a million more situations where you need to have self-control or discipline or willpower or grit, or maybe just have a little bit instead of the whole thing. And if you don't have those traits, you won't be able to stop at one cookie or stop at just a beer or two. You know what I mean? You're going to go all in. And that's, that's a big problem in long-term sustainability. You got to have that. So I think that although they're right in saying it's not going to transform a physique now that like that momentum you're talking about it's because you're developing these traits and those traits carry over into everything over time that's and when people say that it's such short game thinking like that's like everyone knows investment accounts are probably important for out for like people like it like that are in like a roth ira or uh mutual funds like you're going to, there's going to be nothing in that account. That account's not going to be wor worth hardly anything until you're like 70 and then it'll have a few million dollars in it. But Imagine if we treated everything like that, you know, well, it's just one day of work. It's just one day of not brushing my teeth. Our, um, our ju so right now, this is a crazy jujitsu week for me. Um, we are big, big, big professor only he comes to see us like a couple times a year. Like I have like my professor, but then like my professor's professor, who's like the world. I love champ. that they're called the professor. Oh yeah. When, so when you get, when so your when your coach or so when someone gets a black belt who teaches they're they are mm -hmm. labeled professor, um, yeah. And they actually have like, if you ever see a, a black belt with white stripes on by their feet, this little piece of fabric, like the red mm -hmm. piece of fabric, if they have white stripes on each end of it, um, it's, those are the professor stripes. That's like, that is mm. the professor. So, um, our big professor was in town. So he's in town this weekend. So like I got mutilated this morning. Um, <laughs> and then I'm going back tonight to get mutilated and then I'm going to get mutilated tomorrow morning. So it's, it's great. Um, but, uh, he, he called the whole class out today cause some white belts were being shitheads. Uh, like he, we were in the middle of hard drills. Like this guy doesn't play around. He's, uh, He's this short little dude from Philly, neck tatted up, a blacked out arm, has Philly swagger. He uh, he doesn't fuck around at all. And he goes and like every example he uses is like, we're dragging them to their grave. You're snapping their arm off. Like he's so aggressive. But the reason for this, he, um, he gave us very specific instructions in this set of drills that we were doing. And he stopped everyone. He's like, hey, and he goes, some of you guys can't even listen, aren't even listening to directions because you have zero discipline. He goes, you're not, you, I said, start on the buzzer. You're starting before the buzzer. I gave guy on top these instructions, guy on the bottom, these instructions, you guys aren't even listening to those. He goes, 
So if you're here and ironically, you have shitty jujitsu, the two people that are doing, he said that he's like, ironically, the two white belts doing that have shitty jujitsu. But he said, if you can't go when I told you to go and just listen to the buzzer at basic, basic instructions, how on earth do you plan on me showing you these badass moves that you guys brought me in to show you? And he like called all these mother, like all these white belts out because they, it was that their discipline was so shitty. So he's like, if you can't learn to just listen to like basic ass instructions, how do you, how do you plan on me being able to teach you the intricate moves that you really want to see? It's because that discipline scales. And if you have shitty discipline in your nutrition, it's probably because you're lacking it somewhere else. Like, Oh, I'll start over Monday or, Oh, it's fine. Fuck it. Or things like that. Cause it, it's, it 100% scales. It, it's a standard of life. And it doesn't mean you need to be David Goggins with this shit. It just means that <laughs> if you're going to, if you're going to try to become disciplined with your diet, you should probably be disciplined with other things, you know? And so, and you can tell the type of person it is like, so for example, I will, um, we have like a detached garage. So we have this like driveway that goes around our house to the detached garage on the other side. And so we have like, tools and my daughter's little street toys and shit in there. Right. And there's been construction and the construction will blow because we're in the end of the coal sack and it'll blow like garbage around the house and it'll tuck in. And sometimes it's literally like a little speck of paper, but it goes back there. It goes in the uh, grass in front of our sidewalk that goes over towards our neighbors and stuff. I'm one of the only people out there. Every time I'm walking around while my daughter's playing, I'm like picking up little things. Like I don't go search for it, but if I walk by it, I pick it up. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a trait. It's a discipline. It's like, do one thing like you do everything, you know? So yeah. like when I, and, and I actually learned a lot of this from first form, man. Like when I went there and I, I'm like, I, I take a pee and I go over to wash my hands. And there's a guy, just a normal cubicle worker washing his hands. And he wipes down every droplet of fucking water on the sink, on the hand, everything. And I'm just like, holy Whoa. shit. <laughs> That's why yeah. they don't have janitors and cleaners in this place, which mind you is like 30,000 square. It's huge. It's I'm like, stupid. and it's a standard. And, and it taught me a lot of that, but I'm just like, I think that you have to apply these things everywhere, you know, and, and sometimes it means eliminating the need to use it for a while until the the result you're achieving because it's gone becomes great enough to where it's easier. And so it's kind of a complex way of looking at it. But if you think about food and you, you struggle a lot with discipline to not eat X, Y, Z, because it's your favorite little treat and it's always at your house, or whatever, just fucking throw it away, get rid of it. Don't see it for a while. And then after X amount of weeks when you've noticed your adherence through the roof, you've got like 20 red checks in a row because you've adhered every day in a row. Your macros are on point. You've lost a few pounds. Now you can be around that thing and the reward you've achieved from keeping it away is great enough to where you don't have as high of a temptation. You don't need as much willpower because the reward you received is greater than the reward you will receive from eating that thing. You know, and I think that means, you know, it doesn't mean cut it out forever. It means that in order to build discipline around that thing, sometimes you do have to eliminate it temporarily so that you can step back in and understand how to control yourself in that setting, which is a really easy thing to do, but it, but it's massively impactful to somebody's results. And that's why sometimes elimination is actually the best thing, you know, just remove it for a little bit and then bring it in. I think it's interesting. I think one of the things is a saying I've been using a lot lately is what's easy to do is I'm sorry, is uh, in so many cases, what's easy to do is easier not to do, which is the one thing that makes something astronomically hard for a lot of people, like making your bed. Making a bed is easy as fuck. It's a thousand times easier to not make it though, right? Which is mm -hmm. why most people don't make their bed. That that trash you're talking about, it was so easy to pick it up, right? Easy as fuck. But it was like at scale, a thousand times easier to go, wasn't my trash. It's halfway in my neighbor's yard. It's no one's my wife isn't even going to see it. It's fine. It's about the size of a quarter anyway. 
but I think for most people, that's where it's the little disciplines that I think that people have the most amount of trouble with. Like you, people go to jobs they hate for like eight hours a day. That's like my biggest nightmare. It's like, like, I don't get how people, I, I could never go work for someone. Right. But I think that sounds crazy hard, but that's, that's a huge discipline is going to work every single day at a job you hate or whatever the case is. But why is it cleaning the droplets up around the sink or picking up the piece of trash in your yard or making your bed or just having one cookie instead of the whole pack. Like I've said, I've said for years now, like when fixing your relationship with food, the reason teaching yourself moderation is so hard is because it takes the most mental bandwidth. It's easy to say, fuck it and eat all of it. It's easy to say, I can't have any of it and clear it, but it takes so much more mental bandwidth to stop after one or two because it's easier not to. And I think that's where so many people miss the mark. And the people who can successfully do this over time are the deep thinkers. Like some people listen to everything you and I just said and be like, God damn, they really thought hard about this. And it's like, <laughs> you have to, you kind of have to stop and connect the dots, you know? So I can think of two really, really good examples of this that apply elsewhere in life that will help shed some light, I think, on doing this in fitness or anything else. So one is, uh, I would... I'm a, I'm a diet soda guy. I love diet soda. So I'll have, bro, I've got a diet Pepsi right in front of me. <laughs> I was gonna say diet Pepsi and diet root beer are always in my fridge, bro. Let's like, go. So I, uh, and I know I'm not a diet Coke guy. People always say that. like, I have a, no, I have a buddy that's shitty. like, Oh my God, you like Pepsi. And I'm like, do you drink Coke? And yep. they're like, yeah, like, I'm, I can tell. I'm like, okay, I like Pepsi better, but it's not gross compared. Like I'll drink a diet Coke. If that's all the restaurant has. Right. Like chill out, bro. But, right. um, it, so anyway, I, I <laughs> would drink some, I'd finish the can and I would put it next to the sink, right? The recycling's under the sink and I'll just put it next to the sink. I'll take care of it later. That's just like, I just, it's easier. I just put it right there, right? And my wife would get mad. And then I would get mad. I'm like, why are you tripping? It's literally a can of pop next to the sink. Who cares? Like, <laughs> like, and so we had this battle of like, why can't you just throw it away? It's so easy. And I'm like, why do you care? It's not a big deal. And then somebody, uh, a close friend, like friend and somebody I was just, bullshit with um john romanello uh he was like he was like that sounds fucking stupid i mean you care more about leaving a can there than making your wife happy and i was like god wow. damn!" i was like wow. fuck you man and so i'm like okay and he was like just think about it dude like you can literally easily do that just like you said it's just as easy to throw it away as it is to set it there and why it matters to her shouldn't matter to you what matter should matter to you is the fact that it would make her happy if you just threw it away and i was like you're right and so the next time I just did it and I apologized for not doing it. I was like, that was ridiculously immature. Like, I don't even know what I was thinking. And it changed the dynamic. Again, it just added another layer to our relationship being positive, you know? And so when you do these little tiny things, it adds up. The other example is, is financially. So uh, another conversation me and my wife had is like, okay, so we had Hulu, Amazon Prime, Paramount Plus, Stars, Showtime, Disney Plus, Netflix. We got all this shit, right? And I'm like, okay, what are our what are our top three? We're eliminating the rest. And it's like, well, why? We can afford them. It's not that big of a deal. They're like a five bucks each. And I'm like, right. I know. But five bucks times five is, you know, 25 bucks. It's not much, but it adds up. Sure. And then it's like, why why are we buying Advil? Just buy the Kroger brand. Mm. Why? The Advil's better. I'm like, is it though? Like, save a dollar, you know? And so when you do those things, they stack up. And then after a while, you're like, hey, guess what? This is why we have savings. This is why we can go to Disneyland. This is why we have these things because you can save money on shit that does not matter at all. And most people look at that and they go, it's just a dollar. It's just a few bucks. Like, what's the big deal? I'm the type that's like, it, does that really matter to me? No. Okay. I'm not spending a few bucks because 
I'm going to stack the cash. It just doesn't make any sense, you know? And I know it's a weird example, but I did a post recently where I actually did the math of like common purchases and I did like three or four things and it equaled like over $400 a month for, for the average American. And I actually went to research and was like, what does the average American spend on coffee every day? What does the average American spend on streaming every month? Like, and I added up for the month and I'm like, you want coaching? You can get, if you do this for Dude. 90 days, you can <laughs> hire us for more than 90 days. Like literally. Right. So it's, it's so easy. And those things will not make your life worse at all. You know what I mean? So, but it's just those small things that stack up. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's interesting. I think it, that conversation I uh, like is, is huge where I think it comes down to the pride like what's your, what, what someone's priority is right now. Like that's the thing is I think where someone spends their money is the, the biggest indicator where they spend their time and money, the biggest indicators of the, what that person values. Like, I don't even need to talk to you. Show me your bank statement and I'll show you what matters most. Cause out of the same mouth, like on the same mouth or the same person, It'll be like that. They're going. They're spending eighty dollars a week at Starbucks, hundred dollars, hundred dollars uh, a week on their nails, um, <clears throat> all the different things. And not that like, I, do I think, you know, people shouldn't spend their money on stupid shit? But it, it's a priority thing. But it, found the same mouth. You're also saying, hey, I've been fat my whole life, and uh, it's affecting my mental health. I can't. My kids are starting to act like I do around food now. So the generational bullshit's happening, and oh, now it's affecting my marriage because I don't want to feel intimate with my husband now. Like it's. Like, like, bro, there's a, there's an easy fix. There's a very simple fix. It just comes down to what you prioritize most, but you're right. It's the, the discipline of the, of that purchase or that dollar. It's, it's everything. Yeah. And look, like everybody has different things that matter most. I'm like, I, I had somebody give me shit cause I get, um, I actually didn't this month, but usually I get my haircut every week, every single week I go to the barber, get shave, haircut, all that stuff. So I spend absolutely spend more money than you need to on a fucking haircut. Trust me. <laughs> but the person that gave me shit, I was like, when was the last time you got some shoes? And they were like, it was like this month. And I'm like, how much were those shoes? And they told me, and I was like, when was the last pair? And like, so they're a sneakerhead. And I'm like, okay, mm. I haven't bought shoes in a minute. And when I did, they were chucks because I don't right. give a shit about shoes. <laughs> so I care about looking good, feeling good and having a downtime for an hour where I can't talk, can't text. I just talk with my barber, we bullshit, listen to music. I enjoy that. And it's less than shoes. So like, there's, so there's much things less that, than shoes. <laughs> <laughs> there's absolutely things that you can, you know, use in that regard. But I think ultimately it's, man, it's, it's, it's sacrificing certain things too, just to, to lead to more success. You said it best, like you're prioritizing what matters most to you. But a lot of times what that really boils down to, whether it's, we're talking about saving money or having these difficult conversations with my wife or being the first one to initiate that, even if we're both wrong, it's being the first one to admit it so that we can move past it. Like choosing to do that or shifting the, the, the mood of my family or deciding not to wait till Monday to start the diet, whatever the situation is. It's on you. That's what extreme ownership is. Like going back to what we originally said at the beginning, it's like everything is your responsibility. Everything is your fault. Take ownership and everything in your life will change because when you start taking ownership and you stop blaming others or other situations or making excuses, dude, everything in your life just starts moving forward faster because now all of a sudden you control things. And I don't think people realize that, but when you point the blame at somebody or at something else, what you're doing is putting control and power into that thing or that person instead of in yourself. You're literally taking the power and control from you and giving it to somebody else and basically saying, I can't control my success. I can't control my life. I can't control my happiness. This thing does. Fuck that. Like you're in control of everything. And, and I've had this conversation with plenty of people where it's like, I, I understand how that could make you upset, but you're choosing to let it make you upset. What if you chose for it to not make you upset? And of course that conversation is always like, well, that's impossible. That's so hard. And you can work through it. But at the end of the day, it's like, 
No, really, like your emotions are in your control. It is not Absolutely. as easy as it, like it's, it's easier said than done, of course. I understand that because I'm, I'm sure people are thinking that right now. But the truth is if we look at every happy, successful, balanced person who's fit, anything, that's, that's all it is. They just choose to control everything. And what they can't control, they just accept and move on and start controlling the next thing they can't control. They take ownership. I, it's, it goes back so much to, 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 to like, to just owning that, right? Like it's one of the things that my, my, the thing that we talk with clients about a lot is when anytime someone's faced with unprecedented circumstances or things are crazy is like, take a step back, stop emotionally regulate, take a step back and go, what's in my control right now. And what's not, if it's not in your control, you're not allowed to stress about it anymore. Like an, an analogy I use is imagine if it's raining and your car windows are down and you're trying to stop the rain you're going to give yourself a panic attack. It's like trying to stop the rain. I'm like, or you could just put your fucking windows up and be a big kid. Like, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, but it goes ba- down to like being resourceful. This is one of my favorite things about jujitsu is you're put in the most uncomfortable, horrendous situations and you want to emotionally panic. But when you emotionally panic, you suffocate and get tapped or die. So, but it makes you emotionally regulate and go, what do I still have in my control? Homeboy's got this arm way out of position. So I can't do anything with that. I can get on my side. I can frame with this arm. I can slow my breathing down. I can do whatever with my legs, but during crazy chaos and uncertainty and stress, but that doesn't have to stop on the mats that can go into real life is the mortgages due, you're behind on bills. Uh, your kids being a little terrorist and you lost your job, like all this crazy stuff. It's like, well, ah, well, what, well, what can I still take control of? What can I still execute on? What do I still have? What can I own? And then now your brain opens up to being resourceful. You want to talk about neural pathways and crazy shit. It's now your brain is looking for resources versus when we're a victim and they're like, oh, I can't catch a break when it rains, it pours. Your brain goes, bet, you're right. You're just an unlucky son of a bitch. (laughs) And and, and you never win. Dude, every single successful, I know this has happened to me many times and every person who has like an insane story of success or anything, there's always like this crazy story of like, I had zero options. I had everything against me. I had no opportunity. There's always like their back is in the corner. But like you said, when they choose to go, I'm still going to make this happen. I'm still going to make a change. I'm still going to reach my goal, whatever it is. They become resourceful and they make shit happen. And the amount of times I, I like, if somebody like says, I can't accomplish this, I'm like, if I put a gun to your head and everybody in your family's <laughs> head, would you fucking do this? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Then you can do it. You just haven't figured out how to do it yet. And that's okay. Let's figure out how to do it. But the reality is you can. So stop saying you can't, Right. you won't, or you haven't figured out yep. how. And that's a different story, you know? So um, have you heard the word uh, equanimity? Uh, bro, it's tattooed on my wrist. I actually have. Oh, I think we it. talked about Dude, this. Yes, bro, I have. I have tattoos on my wrist that says ambition and equanimity because I feel like it's the magic dichotomy and like yeah. the magical Venn diagram. Dude, equanimity is my shit. It's that's my, what you just broke it's, down. It's my dude. word. Really? Like, so that's. Uh, it's funny because I've wanted. I run out of room, but I want because I have ambition. <laughs> you really right are. Here. You really are running out of room. <laughs> I'm covered, man. I ha- yeah, I have ambition across my forearm on this side, but I, I don't have equanimity it. yet. But equanimity is is controlling yourself and the results that are coming. In the chaos, essentially, right? What you explained with jujitsu is exactly that, man. If you can sit there in the moment and actually think about your next move, like you're playing fucking chess while somebody's trying to rip your arm out of its socket, that is the definition of equanimity. In in business, that's what it is. In fitness, that's what it is. In life, that's what it is. Because guess what? There's always something. There's always a birthday party. There's always a work event. There's always travel. There's always a sick kid. There's always some kind of roadblock. There's always a bill to be paid. There's always something. No matter what, 
Equanimity is your ability to still make shit happen despite all those things happening to you or not even to you. They're happening around you. And, the, and I, and I, and I got to retract that because if you think they're happening to you, that's where you, you fuck up and you become a victim and you can't be a victim if you're going to be a winner. Yeah. No, without a doubt. Dude, equanimity is like my favorite word ever. Um, it's, uh, what's funny did is you hear I, it originally. So, okay. Here's what's funny. I actually heard it a million times, but I never took it to heart. Well, who opened my eyes up to it originally was Ed Milet. Ed Milet Same. started talking about equanimity, equanimity. And I'm like, dude, as soon as I heard that, like the, what, what it truly means, I'm like, this is it. This is like, it's my word, right? It's like my word of the, if you want my word of the year, my whatever. It just, I've never had something resonate so hard as like, oh, that's it. That's what I need to lean in more on. And I feel like I'm, I'm the mess currently the most equanimitous, if that's a word I've ever been, because I struggled with the dichotomy of ambition and equanimity. Because if you put ambition on its extreme end, it's nowhere near equanimity. And one could argue equanimity has no room for ambition because it's so released from outcomes and emotionally emotionally neutral. So I have this belief that the magic is if we had a Venn diagram where they, the two, the circles cross mm. is equanimity and ambition. And th there is a space where they coexist. And I think that's where people make a lot of cool shit happen. But what's funny, as soon as I heard Ed Milet talking about it, I knew, I knew I had to get an equanimity tattoo. Um, and What's funny is a lot of the books that I was reading or I was rereading, they were just like, they'd have chapters on equanimity. And I'm like, how did I not? Like one of my favorite books ever, like one of my favorite books to date, it's from the 1940s. It's James Allen's As a Man Thinketh. That motherfucker's talking about equanimity. I'm like, I've read that book a dozen times and I don't remember that. Or I listened to uh, uh, The Obstacle is the Way recently. And all of a sudden he had a whole chapter on equanimity. And I'm like, every time I turned around, it was that. So I'm like, all right, I'm getting a tattoo. <laughs> It's something about the way Ed says it, because the same thing for me, I've, I've read it many times. I've read Obstacles Away multiple times. And, Such a good uh, book. And it is. And I heard, this is actually why I got into even First Form, man. Like I had a, somebody on my team send me the podcast with, with Ed Milet on with Andy uh, Frisella. And he sent it to me, she was like, hey, I know you don't really listen to this podcast, so you got to listen to it. And I was like, all right. Like, and I didn't have anything against it. I just never listened to it. Um, it's just funny because I'm a podcaster, but I don't listen to a ton of podcasts. But like, I listened to it and I listened to it like two or three times. And it was that chunk where he was talking about equanimity that just hit me so fucking hard. And I was like, I love this word. And then I started listening to the podcast more. And then like, out of just pure coincidence, uh, Damien reached out to me. He was like, I've been following your stuff, man. Like, I love it. Just wanted to shout you out. And I was like, Hey dude, like, can we get on the phone and talk? And then we like built a relationship. And now obviously beautiful. our company is with just like you, you know, we're, we're yep. with first form, we're sponsored by first form and we support them. So like, but it was all because I heard that equanimity podcast. Yeah, dude. Like, God, that's so good. So good. That's life. That's that's life in a nutshell, you know, in one word. When when I find I'm not doing okay, or if uh let's say just things aren't going my way, I find out I'm the least I have the least amount of equanimity. Like I I refer to it like a switch. Like we have to just make sure it's we turn it on extra in certain cases, or it's just always on. And usually when I am like, my emotions are taking control or I'm getting too stressed or the external environment, the external, whatever is affecting my internal state. Like it, I noticed that's when I go, Oh, my equanimity is not on. And I like a mental reframe is like that switch gets turned on and it changes. So, yeah. For people listening to, like, I think sometimes we talk about this stuff and I know sometimes it can be hard to apply. They're like, well, I can't flip that switch. I can't change my perspective. So something that helped me was, um, finding somebody who had that and that I really respected and trying to figure out 
why I actually respected them. Because what I what I did is I wasn't searching for a way to be have more equanimity or anything. I just I was actually reading a book, um, a really old book, and this was a while ago. It was called, it's a um, Mere Christianity, I think, is the title of the book, but it's by C.S. Lewis, and he talks okay. about like somebody who's holy. And I'm sure like you can take that a super religious route, but like sure. what he is saying is it's basically somebody who seems like they have more time than anybody else. Somebody who always remains calm. Somebody who seems to be able to juggle a lot of things, but doesn't get overwhelmed and always seems to be successful at the end of the day with whatever they're doing. Like he, he had this list of things and I was like, well, that just sounds like a person I want to fucking be because they're calm, collected, successful, happy, balanced. Everybody wants to be around them. Like this just sounds amazing. And I started thinking, I'm like, who in my life is that way that I can surround myself with more? And it was somebody who I've known for a decade who ended up, I ended up hiring him to be my mentor and uh, in like accountability coach. And he's just like, he's a big brother to me. He's like family. I don't hire him anymore. We actually started Tailored Life Apparel together, which we took a, like a kind of a, a sidestep back on for a little bit. Cause we had to revamp a bunch of stuff that we wanted to do and we're getting ready to launch it again. And, uh, and he's like, he is that person. I was like, he's a philanthropist. He owns an orphanage. He owns multiple businesses. He's has a family. He's a big part of his family, his extended family. His dad's an immigrant from Mexico. So like That's hard awesome. dude growing up on like welfare food and shit. Like he is the epitome of success and like calmness and like his aura is like, dude, it's crazy. Right. I remember calling him and being like, dude, you are holy. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, bro, like. <laughs> I just read this book. Like, <laughs> this is you. That's but great. The reason I'm saying this to people is because I saw that. And then instead of me going like, of course, I'm going to hang out with this guy more. But I was also like, let me figure out what makes him that way and how he's able to do that. And then ask him questions around. How are you able to be that way? How are you able to respond this way or react that way? And I began to pick up on things and I could see myself more and more becoming that kind of person so that I could kind of put that off in the environment around me. And that's always been my goal, you know? And I think that when you see somebody actually living it, it doesn't, it's not as easy, like easier said than done. It's done now. And you can see how it's done and you can start to emulate that and emulate that success in your own life and become that way and have those traits so that you can be that person who has equanimity as well um, or discipline or, or insert whatever thing you desire. Dude, I, I can tell you right now, I know it's been a minute since our last episode together. Um, I can feel the difference from then to now. I don't know how long it's been, but like I can tell there's so much more of a difference. Um, like I, and I, that's, cool. that's things so I've, I've respected you for, 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 you know, for, for years now, but like, um, but I can tell there's been a difference in the work you've done around this, this really specific area since we just, since we spoke on the podcast last. So, which is super cool. Yeah. I appreciate it. It had to have been a year ago, at least. Oh yeah. It was at least a year ago. Probably not. Like I'm, I'm also the worst with, with, with timelines. I mean, well, wait, but that was pre COVID, right? Oh yeah. It might've been, or like that makes right it three years. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's crazy. Oh, I know, bro. Yeah, time flies, man. Time yeah. flies, but yeah. thank you. That means a lot. It really does. Cause it's definitely uh from a personal perspective, that's probably uh, the most, I've invested energy into is that area of my life. Um, and obviously, you know, like being married and having a kid and stuff like that definitely plays a role in it. And I think the more people you're around or responsible for my family, my team and stuff like that, it, you kind of have to get to it. You get to a point and you're like, I, I got to step up and, um, and be that. Cause, cause I, I thought about this as well with him and then kind of myself too, is like, I remember asking him a question a while back and being like, how do you accept the role you play in so many people's lives. Like you, you, he is, he's responsible for way more people 
from a business perspective because he owns multiple companies. He has an orphanage with over 2,000 kids. Like technically he's responsible making sure that is there, his family. And then all of his, his brothers, sister, cousins, everybody relies on him more than anybody, right? How do you accept that role? And he was like, I just believe that's why I'm here. And when I believe that's why I'm here, I know that nobody else is gonna do it or can do it. And instead of getting overwhelmed by it, I just accept it and I just do the best I can. And it's just like, wow. when you have that calmness of like, this is just why I'm here, you kind of, it, it turns like an overwhelming stress into like, this is what I'm designed to do, you know? And you can more calmly take care of the people that matter most. Um, and that, and I'm not perfect at it, but man, that hit me hard. And I was like, okay, like instead of getting overwhelmed or getting frustrated, it's like, yeah, I'm tired. I worked all day and then I got to train. Then I got to make sure I'm, I'm taking care of my team. And then I got to come home and then I got to step up because my wife's been taking my daughter. And I could be a dick and be like, I've been working all day too. Like what the fuck, you know? Or I could just say like, do your thing. I don't need rest. Like you're cool, you know? And I'll get rest later. And when you approach it that way, it's actually not as tiring as you would think, you know? And it's in, it's more tiring to fight it and then still have to do it. Cause no matter what, I'm still going to have to do it. <laughs> so yeah. having that approach has been super helpful and it just helps me, uh, I don't know, have more confidence in it and just a, a better capability to do it for the people I, I care about, you know? I love that dude. And it's funny that that I think comes full circle because that ties exactly to what the first thing that you said when we started speaking around when I asked you, how do you handle all the bullshit? And you go, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not bullshit. We have to, that's step one is we have to reframe that, mm. that perspective and that mental, mental frame around it. And that's all that you just finished talking about. So I think that's, 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 that's crazy. So yeah, that's great, man. Good shit, man. This has been so good. I can't believe it's already been over an hour. Fucking a. I love it. I love it. I'm super glad that we got around to doing this, man. I, uh, I, I miss talking and I really, uh, just appreciate you and, and, and everything. So I appreciate you doing this, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and, um, like I told you before, like my schedule is nuts trying to get You're everything good, settled. Dude. I think <laughs> I get I'm it. finally, I'm finally in a place where things are more calm and like, we're, um, you know, like I'm actually not even going to any of those bachelor parties because I was like, I can't go to four weddings that are all in other areas and four bachelor parties sure. and have a kid in a business. I was like, sorry guys, I got to do the responsible thing and choose yep. weddings over bachelor parties. Right. But, um, so I don't got too much crazy stuff, man. I let's keep connecting, dude. Cause I always enjoy it too. It's, it's a blast having these conversations and, um, now I'm back in my flow and I can, I can do it easily. So I would love to. I love it. Um, for those that mean that, that are new to the podcast, cause we've, we've had a lot of podcast growth since uh, you were on last, where can people find you if they're like, yo, I like this. Let's, let's, let's get into some more stuff. Yeah. So, um, tailored is basically kind of the hub for my company. So you can find everything there. Uh, we have the tailored life podcast, which if you like this one, it's very similar. Um, Jared's been on there too. And, uh, it's just fitness, nutrition, lifestyle mindset. It's like all the same kind of stuff, you know, good interviews. Um, and then on Instagram at Cody McBroom, I post basically every day that I, um, I try to post every single day and, and <laughs> give value. So those are the main places. I love it. Fuck yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you, dude. Thank you so much for doing this. We'll talk soon. Likewise. And we are back. What an episode. Thank you so much for uh, for sticking around this long. It means a lot to me. I know if you stuck around to the whole thing that you probably want to go look up Cody's stuff and start following him. Be sure and do that. Now, before you go, I do have some housekeeping, some stuff I want to tell you about. Number one, uh, I have a whole lot of stuff for you in, in, the, in the description of the show, wherever you're listening to it at. So number one, be sure and subscribe to the podcast. My one ask is, will you please share this with someone, whether it be screenshot and put it on your story, whether be send it to a friend. My, my one ask is just share it with one person because if everyone that listens to this shares it, 
the podcast will literally double overnight. My one ask is that everyone that listens to this, if you got value, just share it, subscribe and send it to to a friend. Um, now, if you're new here and aren't quite sure where to go from here, I have a few things for you. If you're in the camp of like, I don't even know where to get started. Um, I have two things for you. Number one, you'll want to go through my fat loss checklist mini course. It's at the link below. It's basically my, my, my five day mini course on everything you need to know about weight loss, how to get started, uh, what's bullshit, what's not, and it'll simplify weight loss for you. And you're going to be like, where was this my whole life? All right. And the second thing, if you are not part of this, you'll want to join my fat loss simplified Facebook group because everyone needs a home base. I know what it's like to be the weird one that's trying to change your life when your family doesn't get it, your friends don't get it, your husband doesn't get it. Um, and you're just like feeling kind of lonely and like, I don't even know you need to get around the right group of people because that's where magic happens. And I have cultivated that in a free Facebook group and it's called fat loss simplified. If you like this kind of content, you'll love the content I put in there. Um, that's where we really cultivate relationships. <clears throat> help hold, hold each other accountable. And I put a lot of value in there. So you'll want to join that as your home base to go to, to get loved on, to get supported and to be around like-minded people who are getting the results that you want to get to. So it makes it easier for you to get them too. Um, definitely join that. If you haven't already, I'll put the, that link down there as well. Um, and if you're in the camp of needing a little bit more support, maybe you're like, man, I, I just, I'm tired of doing this on my own. I'm tired of the mental, the mental bandwidth of like trying to failing, trying and failing. And that's all you've done. And if you need a little bit more one-on-one support and a little higher level of accountability, you can always apply for coaching straight from the podcast. I have a very special place in my heart for my podcast listeners. So there's a link below, a special link for coaching where you can apply. That way we can see if this is a good fit or not, where number one, you'll go straight to the front of the line because um, we can only take on a certain amount of people per month. <clears throat> Excuse me. But then also you go straight to my, my team's calendar. That way we can see if this is a good fit. And then because you're coming from the podcast, you're going to get some free stuff if you get accepted into coaching, which is pretty cool. Um, but uh, I, I only want serious inquiries for that. It's it's one of those things I want you, if you're going to apply for coaching, this is for you. If you're tired of the the back and forth, the mental, the mental trying and failing, trying and failing, you're just ready for someone to show you exactly what to do, how to do it so you don't struggle anymore. That's what one-on-one coaching is about. So be sure and apply there because we got to make sure this is a good fit first and foremost, and then we'll go over all the details and things like that. Um, but otherwise, that is it. Be sure and subscribe to the show if you are not already. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to it, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. Uh, we are on YouTube. If you have not checked out the YouTube, uh, youtube.com forward slash Jared Hamilton. All podcast episodes are uploaded there as well. But then be sure and go check out the actual podcast site, dietingfromtheinsideout.com, where we have all the things the podcast touches. We have the video, we have the audios, we have the entire blog, uh, the, the transcription of the, the, the podcast episode in a blog format. If you'd rather read through it or skim through it or go to the cliff notes, things like that. So we got a lot for you. So no matter what you're into, I've got you taken care of. Otherwise I appreciate the fuck out of you. I cannot wait till next week's episode. I will talk to you next time.